The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Genesis chapter 1, in verse number 27, if you're there, say yes. The Bible says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them, and God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Today I want to share with you three thoughts that God created you with a purpose, that Christ is our provider, and that God's given you and I the opportunity to correct some problems. You know much about the Bible. You're here, and so you have... Some academic, and many of you know Christ as your Savior in here, and so you understand that God made each of us. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And so on day number one, God created time, he created the heavens, he created the earth. And the Bible tells us this, that God looked at that creation and it was good. You remember that, right? On day number two, he separated the firmament. And after day number two, God said, it is good. Day number three, God created the plants and the trees and the grass. And at the end of day number three, the Bible says God said it was what? Help me out. It was what? It was good. Day number four, sun, moon, stars. It was what? Day number five, he creates the fish and he creates the fowl and the air. And the Bible says God says it was what? It was good. And then on day number six, God creates all of the animals. He creates all of uh, the, uh, he creates all the creeping things. All those things come along on day number six. God says it's good. And at the end of that creation, the Bible tells us in verse number 31, same chapter, not only was it good, but in verse number 31, the Bible says, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was not just good. The scripture says it was very good. What was very good? God had made man, and the purpose of man was fixed in the image of God. In verse number 27, the Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God made you with a purpose. It's no accident that you have a life. It doesn't matter what your major is. It doesn't matter if you're from the Midwest or if you're from overseas. God made you with a purpose. You have a reason to live. We're not just going through an exercise and trying to become customers for Ford or Chevy or Nike or a utility plant. God made you more than a credit score. God made you more than a social security number. You have a purpose in life. You've been given the wonderful gift of being the image of God. I was sitting with a young man named Josh and he was graduating from high school. And in the kitchen of our church, I said, Josh, what are you gonna do when you graduate? And he said, well, I'll probably go to, go to, I'll probably go to college. Awesome. What are you gonna do after that? Well, I'll, I'll probably get a job. Good. What are you gonna do after that? Well, I'll probably find a girl and get married. What are you gonna do after that? I'll probably go to um, have a family. Then what are you going to do after that? Well, I'm working a career. What are you going to do after that? 
Then I'll retire. What are you going to do after that? I'll probably get an RV and fill up a map with all the states I visited on the back. What are you going to do after that? What do you mean? What are you going to do after that? And Josh said, well, I'm not sure. And I'm afraid that even Christian young men and women don't understand what our purpose in life is. God made you and I to be a picture of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the original intent for God to create man is so that you and I are the image bearers of God. Oh, we are not God. We will never become gods. There is only one God. But God made you and I, according to the original intent, to be the image bearer, or let's use the word, a picture of who God is. Now, I can be a picture of God as a nurse. I can be a picture of God as a businessman. I can be a picture of God in Congress. I can be a picture of God in law enforcement. I can be a picture of God as a missionary or as a teacher. It doesn't matter what my occupation is. God has called every single person in this room who has lungs and who is breathing and blood flowing through their body. God's called you and God's called me to be a picture of who Jesus Christ is. But you know the story, don't you? The Bible tells us that Adam and Eve messed that picture up, didn't they? The Bible tells us that God gave them one command. Every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, thou shalt not eat thereof. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, help me out, thou shalt surely what? You know the story, don't you? The Bible tells us that one day, and I don't know exactly all the circumstances, the Bible doesn't give specific details, Eve is walking through the garden and the serpent, Satan incarnate, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, deceives Eve. Says, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Just, just have a bite. She takes from the fruit and then she shares it, and Adam, not being deceived, knowingly participates in sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The thing we were made to do, the purpose of every single sophomore, freshman, junior, senior, grad student, faculty, administration, every single one of us, we're broken, we're flawed. We are literally messed up because the thing that God created us to do, we can't do because we're broken. But the beautiful story is that God loves us in spite of our imperfections. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8, the Bible says that God commendeth or he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible tells us that God loves you and me so much That he became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life. He showed love. He showed truth. He showed grace. He was full of truth and grace. And the Bible tells us that wicked men like you and I took the Holy Son of God, put him on a tree, and beat nails into his hands. Took a crown of thorns and beat it into his brow. There were men that came and spit 
in the face of Jesus, they took a cat of nine tails and they ripped his back to shreds. They jeered him. They mocked upon him in his thirst. Rather than offering him a refreshing cup of water, they put a sponge full of vinegar into his face and they jeered as the Holy Son of God died for our sins. What an amazing truth that God loves you and I that much. So he came to this earth and he died to pay for our sins. But he didn't stay dead. The Bible tells us that he rose again from the dead. Three days later, the Holy Son of God who died rose again from the dead, proving that he is God and everything he said is true. And he offers salvation free of charge to anyone who will put their faith and trust in him. Why? Because he paid the debt in full. Now take your Bibles and go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. The Bible tells us that the original intent of God's work in our life was broken through the sin of humanity. And it created a chasm that could not be overcome through our own works, our religious deeds, or even through cultural or whatever mandates. We have to come to God through the avenue, through the vehicle of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, if you're with me, say yes. Good, thank you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Oh, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. You say, well, Pastor Matt, how did you become in Christ? Is it because you went to a, a Becca video homeschool? No. Is it because you went to Pensacola Christian College? No. Is it because you were the chaplain for Zeta Chi Delta Falcons? Obviously, they're not as enthusiastic as they used to be. No, I, I, I'm going to heaven. I'm in Christ. Because when I was 13 years old, I heard a gospel message and I understood I'm a sinner. And because I'm a sinner, I deserve hell. But Jesus died, was buried, and rose again to pay for my sin. And in my young adolescent mind, I said, Lord, I don't want to go to hell. And I believe you died to pay for my sin. And in the best way I know how, I receive you as my Savior. Matt, are you on your way to heaven? Yes. Are you in Christ? Yes. Because I received what Jesus did for me. Do you have a testimony of when you received what Jesus did for you? Was your testimony, well, I... I'm in Christ because I grew up in this house. I've always been a Christian. My mom told me that's not going to work when you stand before a holy God. You've got to be in Christ. So if you are in Christ, if you know Christ is your Savior, say yes. Awesome. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, oh, I'm in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. The Bible says all things have become new. Now, skip down to verse number 20. Check this out. The Bible says in verse number 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled for God. Whoa, 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 whoa. I was created with a purpose to be a picture of who Jesus Christ is. But we sinned, and in our sin, we broke that picture. We violated that picture. We harmed that picture. But Jesus came, 
And he died on a cross to pay for my sins. He was buried and rose again. And if I receive the free gift of eternal life offered through Jesus, the Bible says I am in Christ and the old things are passed away. All things have become new. And notice what the Bible word is. I am now a what? I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Oh, Pensacola Christian College student. It has no matter what your major is, you have an occupation as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Now there's three ways that we show that we are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And that's where we start to see a correction to this world's problems. The Bible teaches us this, that we have three ways to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. The first one is biblically. In biblical truth, the Bible teaches us that if we're going to be the right picture that God has called us to be, we must know this book. Do you know this book? If you're taking Bible doctrines, it's not just so that you can get a few grades and understand a few verses. That Bible doctrines is so that you know this book. Because we need businessmen who start carpet cleaning businesses that know the word of God. And we need nurses who are going to go all throughout this nation who know the word of God. And we need politicians and we need bankers and we need police officers. And some of you are going to have awesome platforms to be a representative of Jesus Christ. So you got to know this book. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Oh, God wants you to be successful. God wants you to be the best police officer. God wants you to be the best teacher. He wants you to have success. But success is not defined by driving a BMW. And success is not defined by having a six-figure salary. Success is found by being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You and I get to be a picture of who Jesus Christ is a Bible believer. Oh, biblically, God wants you and God wants me to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. But number two, God wants us to be a picture of who he is, not only biblically, but culturally. Do you know that culture changes? There are certain things that you do throughout life where I'm to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Where the word of God does not say explicitly thou shalt or thou shalt not. God has given me a brain. And in the context of 2023, United States of America, I'm supposed to represent Jesus Christ. And so if I want to represent Jesus Christ, I must not only have biblical truth, but I must have cultural awareness. What do you mean, Pastor Matt? A couple years ago, my family and I were at Disneyland in Southern California. We were with our friends Chris and Robin. And Chris is a lieutenant colonel. He's a pilot for the United States Air Force. And as we were coming to get in place to see the parade, because we love Mickey, he's a friend, and uh, some of the people around him made poor choices lately, but we still like Mickey. And so we were there getting in line to see this parade. And as we're getting in line to see the parade, the trumpets started to sound. Now, it wasn't the rapture, but it was the trumpets of the Disneyland uh, band. And they played this familiar tune. Bom, 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 bom. Do you guys know how the rest of that song goes? Okay. So 
as that, as that familiar tune started to play, they were taking down the American flag for the night. And I was fidgeting with all the kids and trying to make sure that the popcorn was going to be okay and make sure the churros were okay because those are important things. And so I'm doing all of this with the kids and making sure they're in place. And I looked over to see Chris because his kids were a wreck. And when I looked over at Chris, Chris was standing like this. And I'm like, whoa, I should probably do that too. Because there was a man who had for 18 years given his life to that flag, given his career, given his talents, given his abilities. And when that song was played, it was no joke. It was not just a tradition. It was something that means a whole lot. It was culturally relevant to him. I love the United States of America, don't you? I'm so glad I live in this country. But the Bible never says that we're supposed to stand for the national anthem. <laughs> now, if you're one of the good old boys, we're like, let's get our shotgun and get out of here. No, don't do that yet. <laughs> My point is this. The Apostle Paul never stood for the national anthem. And Peter never stood for the national anthem. And, and John Wycliffe, the morning star of the Reformation, never stood for the national anthem. But I'm of the opinion that here in the United States of America, if I'm going to be culturally aware and I want to be a good steward of the gospel, when the national anthem's played, I stand. I don't even stand, just stand. I put my hand over my heart. Because I love the United States of America, but I'm also culturally aware. On my flight out here, I came into uh, an airplane. When I came into the airplane, I was greeted by a flight attendant. And this is why it's so important for us to be culturally aware. Not just biblically sound, but culturally aware. Because sometimes we as Christians will say, well, where does in the Bible it say this? And where does in the Bible it say this? And where does in the Bible it say this? And so we give ourselves liberty and we use our liberty as an occasion to the flesh. And by love, we don't serve one another. And so we are to be biblically aware, but sometimes the Bible is silent. For instance, when I got on the airplane on Sunday afternoon after church, the flight attendant greeted me, was very kind, and under their name badge, they had a rainbow pin. And on that rainbow pin, they were making a statement with that rainbow pin. Now you understand this, if I were to come in today with a rainbow-colored pin on my lapel. Is there anything in the Bible that says, thou shalt not adore the rainbow? No, in fact, the rainbow was a gift of God. It's a sign of his promise. Am I right? But if I wear a rainbow pin, I have just immediately validated or aligned myself with an action or a behavior that God says is an abomination. And so as a Christian... I understand, oh, I live in 2023 America. Is there anything wrong biblically with this behavior? Is there anything that says I must do this behavior? No, the Bible doesn't say I have to stand for the national anthem. And the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not as wearest a rainbow pin. But God's called you and I, check it out, to be the word made flesh now. You and I are the picture of Jesus Christ. 
So I become culturally aware and sensitive to, oh, just because the Bible says or doesn't say this, doesn't give me license to do a thing, I'm called to reach people in my generation. The Bible's silent about TikTok. You know that, don't you? The Bible says Facebook is okay because grandma's on it, but aware, beware of the tick that talks. So if I'm a Christian today and I say, well, the Bible doesn't say TikTok's bad. Well, the Bible doesn't say TikTok's good. So I need to be culturally aware because my first priority is not to get likes, selfies, or followers. My first priority is to be a picture of Jesus Christ. If this makes sense, say yes. So number one, I'm a picture of Jesus Christ. I answer to him biblically. Number two, I answer to him in a culture that God has called me to live in. Number three, God's called me to institutionally understand that I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter number 23, verse 3 and verse number 5, you can look at this later. The Bible tells us that the Apostle Paul is standing before a council. And one of the guys in charge of the council says, go smack that guy on the face. And so when the guy says, go smack that guy in the face, some guy comes up, looks at the Apostle Paul, whammo. The Apostle Paul takes it. You know what he says? You whited wall. Burn, baby. I mean, you really want to smoke somebody out today? You call him a whited wall. Your roommate leaves something, you whited wall. Okay, well, you do You just want to burn somebody bad. Call him a whited wall. And as soon as he does, the other people in the audience says, don't you know who he is? No, who is he? He holds this position. Oh, my bad. Because institutionally, he had just violated one of the rules of the institution. Here at this school, God's given you a wonderful opportunity to be part of this institution. Now, institution rules are sometimes not cultural rules, and sometimes they're not biblical rules. But I'll tell you this, you have greater strength and more power, and God will work in your life when you allow an institution to work in your life. And some of you will come here as a freshman, and you'll be so stuck on rules that you'll never see what God's trying to do in your life. And you'll be frustrated that you can't wear your AirPods in the commons. Or you'll be frustrated that you can't have your hair go down over your eyebrows. Well, it looks so much better that way. And you'll allow yourself to get in, 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 um, messed up because the institution has made a rule. Can I tell you this? Allow the institution to help mold and shape God's work in your life. When I was a, a sophomore, my dad came and he spoke here. It was over in the Dale Horton. And uh, I had a job where I had to wear a coat and a tie. And one of the rules that we had at that time was that whenever you weren't, uh, if you wanted to have casual dress, casual dress was wearing khakis and a polo shirt. (laughs) That's if you were getting crazy. And so we would wear khakis and a polo shirt. But there was a rule that you had to wear a belt. Always had to wear a belt. I don't know, is that still a rule you have to wear? Wear your belts. Okay? (laughs) And get in your seats on time. Okay? Do all those things. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, right? So I I went and changed in the locker room and I forgot a belt. And when I I forgot the belt, there was an Eagles game. We were playing one of our rivals and it was a big game and friends were saving seats for me. And so 
I thought, I'm not going to go all the way back to Ballard South. I'm just going to go straight over to the sports center. And I untucked my shirt to kind of like fluff over. You know, fluff. It doesn't fluff anymore. It more puffs than fluffs. But I was fluffing it over. And so as I, I'm fluffing it over, I walked into the sports center, watched the basketball game. It seemed like everything was good. On Tuesday, I got a notice that I was required to go into the dean's office. Student life. Like, what in the world did I do? I got it. I got, I'm, I'm going to the dean's office. Go to the dean's office. It's a big deal. I'm like, oh my goodness. I went up into the dean's office, and Mr. Maldoff was in charge at that time. And Mr. Maldoff says, hey, Matt, come on in. He said, I just got a demerit slip that said you did not wear a belt to the Eagles game. And I said, yeah, first of all, if you want to write somebody up, let them know you're writing them up. Can I get an amen? All right, so somebody anonymously, anonymously wrote me up and said, you didn't wear a belt. And I explained to him the situation. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I was just in time, and I probably should have worn a belt. And Mr. Mouse said, stop, Matt, stop. And he took the demerit slip, and he ripped it up in a number of different pieces. And he said, Matt, you're not going to get demerits today. It's not that big of a deal this time. But I want you to understand, you're a leader on this campus. And people now look at you as a leader on this campus. So make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. And be careful because you're a leader here on this campus. That helped me. Because there's nothing in the Bible that says, thou shalt us wear a belt. Yes, there is. Have thy loins girt about with truth. No, that's not talking about... It's not talking about a belt. It's just, so here institutionally, institutionally there's a rule, guys wear a belt. And yet, you can have whatever rule you want to pick on and Satan can use that and drive a wedge in what God's trying to do in your life here. I'm just saying, allow yourself to be molded by the place where God has placed you. And if God hasn't placed you here, then go where God has placed you. If this isn't the environment that God wants you in, then by all means, go where God wants you. But if this is where God wants you, then allow the institution to mold you. I'll tell you this, I've been graduated for 23 years, and not once has one of the administrations called me up like, hey, how's that belt going? (laughs) Nobody does that. You know why? Because it's an institutional thing. We have institutional rules, we have cultural rules, we have biblical rules. And God wants us to be a representative for him. By the way, this this institution for 50 years has a testimony in this community. There's there's people all over this, this region that know about Pensacola Christian College. Represent it well. Be a good picture of this institution. Be a good picture of where we're supposed to be culturally. Be a representative of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you and I are called to be a picture of Jesus Christ. So be the picture God wants you to be. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.